This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today on the Atlanta Guara Podcast, a fun one is Michael Tupin. and I just want to talk some NBA draft. So the great thing about Michael Tupin is that, hey, we're texting about this, uh, the NBA draft and everything going on. Why not do a podcast about it? So if you like the NBA draft, if you like Big Ten basketball, I think you'll enjoy this. But we do do the thing that we do in the media, which is instant analysis, grading, all that. We do our winners and losers of the NBA draft. I had a little bit more fun with this one. Uh, so uh, my winners and losers, a little bit different than Michael to us, but I love Mike is he brought the, uh, the analysis from which teams he thought did well, which teams he didn't think did well. We talked Dale and Terry to the Chicago Bulls towards the end of this. Uh, but before we talk NBA draft, I asked Mike about Kofi Coburn uh, going undrafted and signing an Exhibit 10 contract with the Utah Jazz, what that means for Kofi, what he needs to do to earn a spot in the NBA. And we also talk about the Illinois matchup in the Big Ten ACC Challenge with Syracuse. Is Jim Beheim doesn't have his sons coming with him this time as both those guys are out of eligibility, but he is coming to Champaign in late November for these two programs' first matchup since 1995. So it's been a while since these two Orange teams played each other, and we'll see that on November 29th in Champaign. It'll be on one of the ESPN networks. Not sure uh, which network yet, but we'll have plenty of time to get you prepared for that. Uh, but after Mike, we'll have the Rapid Fire Friday. Joey Wagner, Trevor Felice join me as we have fun. We always post those on our YouTube page, but I like to include those uh, if we have a weekend podcast as well. So before we get to your weekend of fun with the family, with the friends, here's a lot of NBA draft talk. Hopefully we can keep you occupied on your travels this weekend and have a little fun with it. Up next, Michael Tulip, Alana Inquirer, breaks down the NBA draft winners and losers. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Before we get to the weekend, we want to talk some NBA draft and some Illini basketball news. And who else will we bring on for that? The Michael Tulip, Illini Enquirer basketball analyst, former Illini and Wright State player, and uh, now in Indianapolis. And I, I see the backdrop. You got the Illinois jersey, the Wright State jersey. Man, I don't have those in my in my background, Mike. So what's up, man? Well, it's, it's funny the these jerseys. I, I didn't go out and get them framed and put them up i we, i got them on both senior nights i had to put them somewhere and in my office here it's it, usually this is really the only wall that it fit on i know i didn't have a hall of fame career but i got a frame jersey so i gotta put it up somewhere stop being humble man like if i if i would play it at right state in illinois i'd be hanging those jerseys too so Fair enough. Don't don't be humble, man. All right, Mike, before we get to it, we're going to have a winners and losers of draft night. You and I both love the NBA and both love the NBA draft. We're nerds that way. But I, I do want to hit on a few Illini things. Uh, in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, uh, you know, matchups came out today, this morning, and Illinois draws Syracuse. It's a battle of orange. It will be 
at uh, State Farm Center, which I think is great for Illini fans to, to be able to have a, a premier opponent. I know Syracuse hasn't been as good here recently, but um, a premier opponent come to State Farm Center. Uh, I think that's one of the good things about not having the uh, – you know, the, the Chicago game here recently is you had Arizona come into town. I mean, that was an electric atmosphere. I know Syracuse isn't as buzzworthy as they were maybe a couple of years ago, Mike, but what do you think of that matchup? It's a fun one. Uh, it's a great test. And I don't think Syracuse is going to be great. Um, you know, they, they've lost a lot. You know, the Bayheims are gone and uh, Cole Swider just got a two-way deal with the Lakers and um, a couple other guys that they lost and, um, but look, it's, they're always a tough test because they force you to play a certain way with that zone. Um, and it, not to get into the X's and O's of a, of a Syracuse, Illinois game. That's, that's about six, seven months away, but look, you have more playmakers this year and against a team like Syracuse, having more playmakers that you can plant in the middle of that zone. I'm, I'm thinking about Ty Rogers and, or even moving Matthew Meyer into the middle of that zone and, um, you know, there, there's a lot that you can do. So I, I like the test. I like that the test is early um, because Syracuse forces you to get stagnant. They force you to take some out of rhythm shots. So it's a good test for this offense. A good, and it's a good test for this defense because um, as much as I say that Syracuse lost a lot, they're going to find a way to still be competitive. So I like the matchup early. The, the Big Ten ACC challenge is always one of those interesting ones when it comes out because it gives you a sense of, yeah. almost how they view both teams. You know, they're putting Indiana versus North Carolina, and they typically try to to stack those up. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But uh, I like the matchup. Yeah, like, like the one thing I'm, I'm sitting here thinking is I think there's probably only three teams Illinois fans wouldn't have been disappointed by. Like, you want a Duke or North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I cannot blame them for Indiana and North Carolina. That's going to be an amazing yeah. atmosphere uh, in Bloomington. Ohio State still has a huge brand, right? Uh, you know, so they played Duke this year. I, maybe I would have done something different there. Virginia, Michigan, two really good programs. That makes sense. I would have liked Florida State. I, I think that would have been really interesting with the length, athleticism that Leonard Hamilton has had. But the depth of the ACC is so bad right now. Like, you know, Wisconsin's the Big Ten champion, reigning Big Ten champion, right, with Illinois. And they get Wake, who had a good year last year, but that's like a premier matchup um, Mm -hmm. this year. So I I just think it's it's a conference that sounds like Iowa against Georgia Tech this year. So I think for Syracuse, I I agree with you, Mike. I think it's a great test of, hey, this is kind of a weird matchup you could get in the NCAA tournament. It's a great test of your team, but it's also a winnable game because offensively they shouldn't be very good. Um, like they shouldn't be very good, but it's, I, I, I'm going to call it the Dane danger game because I think in the pinch post and you know, he could really do work. Ty Rogers, Coleman Hawkins. I think it's gonna be a great test of of those guys and a great test of the young guys and how disciplined they are right away. Because I mean, you know, that zone can, can just throw people off kilter. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. I think it's two programs have a lot of history, some similar history as well. Yeah. It's another good chance to see what type of offensive rebounding team that you have. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as potent as the Syracuse zone's been over the years, that's always the hardest thing to do out of it is block out. And now you have, as I mentioned, Ty Rogers and Matthew Meyer and Coleman Hawkins and Dane, like you have guys that are Terrence Shannon, you have guys that are flying in for offensive rebounds. It's a more athletic team. It's a longer team. So um, I, the more I'm talking about it, 
I already like the matchup, but yeah. now I now I like it even more because I think it's one, I think it's a winnable game. And two, I just think it's going to test them, like you mentioned. That's that's the type of event, Sweet 16. Um, not to say it's this year, but that type of team that you could see, when I say this year, I mean for Syracuse, uh, that type of team you can run into, and you just have to grind it out. It may not be pretty. It may get ugly at times. Yeah. But finding ways to win those games and win games in multiple ways, and they've shown that they can do that over the years, and you're going to do it for this type of game too. I, I like the the different matchups they're going to get, like the different stylistic matchups like you think of Baylor and what they could bring I mean there's just a load of talent how Scott Drew plays but then you think could you play Virginia in Las Vegas and play that plotting you know style that has done so well for them um, or are UCLA that's a little bit more open free I, I, I think it's uh, fascinating the Missouri who's a bunch of you know it's going to be a tough game it always is um, so I, I just like the way that's all kind of coming out to be uh, all right, the other big piece of news here, Kofi Coburn, undrafted. Not a surprise there, Mike, I don't think, to, to most of us. And I, I would think not for Kofi Coburn, but uh, he signs an Exhibit 10 contract with Utah Jazz, not guaranteed. Going to have to earn his spot in the uh, Summer League and potentially try and play his way, I would imagine, to a two-way contract is the goal here. What do you think of Kofi Coburn to the Utah Jazz? You saw his name pop up on, on Best Available at one point late, 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 late. I mean, obviously it looked like he wasn't going to get drafted. And, and like we talked about, that's not necessarily a surprise to anybody. I think we always knew the path was going to be potentially two-way. Um, and for those that don't know about an Exhibit 10, it's something that, you know, it's basically a training camp offer. Um, you're able to play preseason most times, most cases. And they essentially own your rights to the G League team. So the Salt Lake City Stars, they'll, they'll own – his rights, and then when he gets sent down to the G Leagues, not a bad deal. You get a $50,000 bonus once you get sent down, but you have to stay with that G League team for 60 days for that to, you know, unless, or else that's voided. So um, you're still in the system. You're still developing. Um, I, 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 I got to double check. I know Johnny Juzang has one of those two ways, and I, I do believe there's still one open, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So it's still up for grabs, and, that, and that's how a lot of these teams do it. They lock down a guy on a two-way. And then they maybe leave one open for an, an audition, either in training camp or in summer league. I mean, we talk about summer league. Look, that's that's a really prime opportunity for Kofi. And you're still playing against guys that are coming out of college, guys that you dominated. Uh, you're playing against guys that maybe didn't play as much in the league this year or played in the G League this year. And you're able to, you know, showcase yourself a little bit in, in a different style game. And I think those couple weeks of summer league, those 10 days, whatever it is, those are really big for Kofi. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's guy, Max Struess. There's a lot of different guys. I know they're different players, but there's been got Kendrick. There's been guys that have made names for themselves in summer league. Brandon Paul got, you know, got his signed with the Spurs after playing extremely well in summer league as well. So a um, lot of opportunity for him. Uh, just like a lot of these guys, we talk about Brandon, we talk about Malcolm Hill. You know, sometimes it's this serpentine path to the league. It's not always wearing a jersey the second you get out of college. So can you stick with it? Can you keep working and working until you get that shot and then be ready for it when it comes? So I think he's in a good spot. Um, you know, it's a good organization. I know there's a little bit of turnover. I know they don't have a head coach currently. Uh, but I think with, with Danny Ainge kind of running the show a little bit over there, and you know, they have some – Decent ownership. Um, 
it's not a bad place to be. It's a good point. Like I, I thought of, you know, they've they've actually used traditional kind of centers recently, right? I mean, Rudy Gobert is different, right? Like uh, we could talk about it, should the Bulls trade for him. He's an incredibly valuable uh, center in the league and one of the best, obviously. Uh, but then they had Hassan Whiteside. If you're looking for a Kofi comp in the NBA, it was probably Udoka Azubuke, right? Yeah. So like it kind of fits. Um, so maybe that's what what Kofi saw here and. Yeah, what what do you think he he needs to show? Like, how does he do it in summer league? We know his issues in the NBA, Mike. Uh, we know his flaws, but how do you think he gets that two way deal? Yeah, I think if you're Kofi, you can't sit there and just think that I got to go out and show that I can knock down seventeen footers, corner three. Like, you don't have to do that. You know, that's let yourself develop a little bit because the the value that you had in college, the value. And what made you a dominant player was what you were good at. And, and don't abandon that. Because if you abandon that, you basically become an all-new player. Right. And now you have to build that up. So I think for him, it's ball screen, ball screens, ball screens. Like, on the offensive end, can you set it? Can you roll hard? Can you, can you command some attention so that maybe you're getting other guys open looks on the perimeter? But defensively, man... We talk about ball screens in this league. Well, look at the NBA Finals. They, they didn't run a ton of ball screens. The percentage was much lower in terms of ball screens they ran for Steph Curry during the regular season. But in the NBA Finals, in the NBA playoffs, when all breaks down, that's what they go to. And if you are not potent guarding those screens, if you can't do both, and if you're a liability, they can't have you on the floor. It goes back to what I said in the last podcast that we had. What does that list look like? Reasons to keep you off the floor, reasons to keep you on the floor. Which one's longer? And if the one to keep you on the floor is longer, you give yourself a good chance. So, um, look, I, I think these anyone that's coming into the league, you have to understand and be self-aware of just how young you are. you got a lot of time, right? You know, yeah. P.J. Tucker spent five years overseas. Patrick Beverly played overseas. Like, it doesn't always happen overnight. So, just because you don't get drafted, you take all these little opportunities you get, you don't try to project out focus in the moment, figure out what you have to do, be coachable. Those are the guys that make it. It's not just, you know, if Kofi goes in, look, I'll actually, I'll give this, this is even a better example. Nana Egwu, okay? Nana Egwu didn't get drafted, obviously, goes to the Orlando Magic. And I'm pretty sure in summer league, he might have averaged four and four. But he was the very last guy cut during training camp because of all the little things that he did. And, and, and I know there was a front office and Scott Skiles, there was disagreement there. One wanted cap space, one wanted to keep them. And that's how you can still show your value in other ways. And that was before two ways, right? Like, yes. so I wonder if his career different, if, if they have the two ways. So that's the great part about uh, being a college guy who doesn't get drafted right now is these two way contracts provide a, a lot of opportunity. Uh, so, so hopefully it works out for him. Like everyone wants to, there's some people want to relitigate. Should he have gone? Listen, it was risky to pass up the money, right? Like if, if you're just talking strictly financially, it probably made a lot more sense to come back, but he wasn't improving his draft stock. Like no, no matter what, he wasn't improving his draft stock and Kofi just wanted to go pro. So as, as long as the people around him were, were, we're upfront about that, and Kofi understood that. Hey, okay, there's a little bit of financial risk short term, but I think he understood that, Mike. And and kudos to the guy. Like, he, there's not much more he can do in college. And let's be honest, he probably didn't want to be in college anymore. He wanted to go play professional basketball. You're telling me guys don't want to be in school? Come on. 
<laughs> I was done with school after four years, man. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's. I know for Illinois fans, it would have been convenient. Yeah. Right. But I think at the same time, it's probably something Kofi's dreamed about for a long time, and, and it's hard to pass it up again. And you just you never know what can happen with injuries and and you know crazier stuff has happened. So you know if you feel like you're at the peak of your stock, anyways, I mean. Why not go? Yeah. All right, Mike, let's get into the fun of this. Um, let's go with the winners and losers of the NBA draft. This is all subjective. It can all come back and look bad uh, if we recut this up in a couple of years. But uh, can I start Can I start with the winners and losers of draft night? Please. Like, I, I want to go with the local angle, uh, but I want to start with a loser of the draft. And I think you and I agree on this one. ESPN and ABC, man. The, these broadcasts of the, of the draft – have gotten it's bad. I've gotten bad. Like, it's bad. I, I'm a I'm a basketball fan, and I get the ABC. I like how they're trying to do the hey, if you're interested in stories, go over here. It's the widespread audience. Like, what does your mom and dad like? What does your mom want to watch if she's not a hooper? Or, you know, if if somebody in your life isn't into it, um, that's not a bad option. But on ESPN, why why is Kendrick Perkins on the desk? He doesn't study these guys. Like, no. comparing. Um, who's the guy he compared to Ben Simmons? Paolo? Paolo. Like, what are we doing? They are completely different. Ben Simmons is an all-world defender. Paolo is a go-to uh, Javari, Javari Smith and Kevin Durant. Trevor Keels and Desmond Bain. Like, what are we doing? Uh, what but, is like, that? The other thing, too, is, like, you know, getting things mixed up, and they were talking about the 13th pick, and I, I do believe he meant Jalen Duran, but he said, oh, Jalen from Duke. And I was sitting there, I was like, Jalen from Duke. I was like, does he mean, do you think about Jalen Johnson? So, so that's, like, just put, well, I, that's just putting crazy. the wrong people in the wrong roles, right? Like Mike Schmitz is really good. They lost him to an NBA gig. Like, but you need that person. Like Jay Billis, he's good. I got Jay Billis knows what he's College talking guy, about. Like can dip into both. Yeah. Yes. Like he is talented. He can do it. Malika is fine. Like she is capable of doing that job. They need somebody else there. That's like an NBA. Like why Bobby Marks is not the most you know, like outgoing guy, but you need, you need to find somebody who can be that kind of draft authority and explain like, why does this fit for this NBA team? How does he translate? Like Perkins is not doing that. And then the Woj thing, like his his Woj, Woj is unbelievable at his job. And I know what happened yesterday with the reporting didn't end up too well for him at the beginning, but he's really obviously great at what he does is so tied in. But like ruining the picks makes no, why are you ruining your prod? Like do it online, do it on Twitter. But like the whole thing is just supposed to be a show and you're, you're tipping the picks on air. That just, it doesn't make sense to me. I know you want to lift him up as the guy. He doesn't need that. Like people can go find him somewhere else rather than on the live show. It, it, it felt like he tweeted it out earlier that it was Jabari. And it was like, almost like he told production, you have to let me break this because if you don't, then then I look wrong. So I need to break this on live television because I, and I tweeted about it last night and however I came off in my tweets, I was even more animated just sitting there. So the funniest thing was Woj breaks the pick. Hey, they're going with Paolo Bancaro. And you're like, can't. And then before they cut over to Adam Silver, they go, and let's find out who the Orlando Magic are drafting. Let's send it over to the commissioner. And I'm right. like, we just heard. You just told us. Yeah. And then they did it again. I forget who they, they did it with Keegan Murray with the fourth pick. 
and and to me that pick was the is the biggest intrigue and i think woge knows that that to me like draft starts after the third pick that was the pick that had yeah. the biggest intrigue and he it's took a, it upon himself to do that too that's a bad tv show like that's bad production yeah. like i i get it like I struggle with, do I want to learn the picks online as they're happening? Or do I want to watch the TV show and be entertained, right? Like, I'm still going to be entertained, but there's something about going up to Give the Give me a choice. Yes. Let me, let me decide which of those I want to do. And it feels like ESPN doesn't know which way they want to go with that on top of maybe not putting the best people in the best place to succeed, to, to give us the best. And I'm a basketball guy. I want analysis. I want an option yes. for that. And I feel like I should be able to get that from the worldwide leader, the person who has the rights to the NBA draft. So I searched out other options. Like I looked at stadium. They're fine. But I, I went to, I hate to be a company guy. I went to CBS Sports HQ because they were just talking basketball. They had three, like three analysts, Avery Johnson, who's an NBA guy, played was a college coach as well. He was fine. Then they had like Adam Finkelstein and Gary Parrish, who I think are really good at the evaluation. Parrish knows the college game. He can agree or not with some of his opinions, but it was just good basketball talk. And I was like, all right, I'll watch ESPN turn it on when they're going up with a pick, and then I'll go turn to these guys. Like, um, I wish if CBS was able to show the actual draftees getting drafted, I, I would have been on that the entire time. Honestly, I, I would have been okay with Richard Jefferson. I would have been okay JJ Reddick for sure. Reddick. I like I, w- I was hoping yeah. that they asked JJ and JJ was like I'm good. I got other stuff going on cuz he's a no-brainer. I'm fine. I understand kind of the value of Kendrick Perkins on first take yeah. on these I get great it, personality. That's, what, that's great. what those shows are and he's going to stir the pot. He's going to have scorching hot takes that make that get aggregated on Twitter and I I get that. But when we're here for the NBA draft Give me some analysis. Give me some analysis instead of like, you know, he's going to be a guy. And it's like, okay, like why? Right, right. Like how does he fit into this team? What, like, you know, it, it's just. I, I didn't see the ABC too much. Like I flipped, I flipped back and forth. And was, it was, was, was Jalen Rose better? Like I figured Jalen Rose was better. Yeah. Jalen Rose was better. And I also, but it also turned into like this Stephen A. Smith sideshow which 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 to to actually to a point was kind of entertaining yeah because he was in but it was also funny because he didn't understand anything that was going on right it was like jalen duran got picked and he, oh no wendell moore got picked the knicks weren't involved at all in the pick whatsoever and he's like you know i like him it's a good pickup for the knicks and they're like Hey, like we hate to break the season, he's not, but going, he's not going to the Knicks. Listen, so, a couple of years ago, they had Bill Simmons on there. And everyone was like, this is a joke. This is a joke. At least I knew what he was. He was a fan, reacting as a fan there. And then you had you're, some you're, analysts. You remember, you remember when Anthony Bennett got drafted? Yeah. They, they drafted Anthony Bennett, and you just hear Bill Simmons in the back go, whoa. <laughs> like, it's just. Like, it was almost like he was us up there. And, I, and, and, I, I and Bill Simmons was putting out the podcast last night. It almost in real time as the picks were going. And I was like, God, I'm just tempted. I'm just tempted to just go listen to those because look, I I understand. And also it's just, I always feel weird. And I get that if you're ESPN, part of it's like pulling on the heartstrings and we want like anything we can do to show emotion or get emotion on camera. I almost tweeted last night, this Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivy's mom backcourt is going to be unbelievable because she's the one that got drafted. Right. It was, it was crazy. It was like Jaden gets drafted. And everything else after is about his mom and John ja Morant. Yeah. And I get it's like a fun story. She coached him. But if, if you're tuning in, you probably know that. But they they 
beat that down. I mean, it was I just, crazy. I just don't understand how you could ha- do such a great job with the NFL. The NFL draft, they kill it. And I like NFL Network does a great job. I'm, I'm watching both of them. But they have Mel Kuyper. And, and whether you agree with all Mel, like he is the NFL. This is what he does all year. Why don't they have an NBA guy? Like, I, I, right. I, Gavoni, I know, is not great on, on air, but like they need to have that next year, whether it's Gavoni uh, or some Zach former Lowe? front. Yeah, Zach Lowe. Why not have Zach Lowe up there? Um, and it could be with a perk, right? Just, just give me somebody. Just yeah. Give me somebody who is doing this year round. And, and right. I think they need to find that person next year. Agreed. Anyway, that was that was my rant to start this off. Do you want to start yeah, us with I a was, positive? I, when we were doing winners and losers, I'm like, if he brings up the broadcast, I'm about to go on it. I hate to start negative there, but I had to address yeah. it up front because the rest of it was fun. This was a fun night. So sure. give me a winner, Mike. Who you got as a winner? I, I mean, this is it's feel. I, I have three winners, but I'll give you my first one. My first winner, and this kind of feels like a cop out because they had so many picks, but it's a thunder. Like, yeah. look, I, they've built such a solid crop of young talent you add chet you surround him with playmakers like sga and, and josh giddy and um and then going and getting a couple other pieces that i personally was really high on in in usman jang and then jalen williams and then jalen williams uh you know they get they get both jalen williams and look the importance of fit these guys are going to get a chance to develop and develop early mm-hmm. in this league and, and that team is going from like farm system to, oh, you know what? This is this is a team that's, you know, maybe hovering around that eight to eleven spot next year, fighting for maybe a, a playing game. And if we watch the Minnesota Timberwolves this year, the playing means a lot to people, you know, like being able to to punch your ticket to the playoffs. So look, they have sixteen picks over the next five years in the first round. Um, a lot that they can do in terms of moving assets around, but but building through the draft. I go back to the to the Warriors and Celtics. If you look at basically the top take out Andrew Wiggins, but really the top six guys on the floor were homegrown, right? It's, it's, it's Steph Curry. It's Draymond green. It's clay Thompson. It's Jason Tatum. It's Jalen Brown. It's Robert Williams, who I thought was showing to be like a top five or six guy in that series. It's guys that are homegrown and guys that you've drafted and you've developed. And I think Sam press has just done such a good job accumulating those assets and and using them to, um, to build that team. It's the right way to do it. And I don't want to really litigate number one, but I think you and I were team Chet just because he's he's so different and he's so good defensively. And to go to a team that's already got like a lead scorer and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh, somebody who's kind of an alpha, uh, I think that's great. Josh Giddy's such a good creator. Uh, I just think all these pieces fit, and then they're going to have more chances to get another star, right? Like I, I just For think sure. Chet could end up being the third guy on that team, and that would be so good. Like that would be so great of a role for him just to be – Potentially the defensive player of the year in the NBA, right? Like, I, I think he could do that on that team. And then just to be a, a playing like an Al Horford-like role, but doing it better. Like, I, I think yeah. he, he could do those kind of things. So, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, my first winner, the Big Ten. Nine draft picks, Mike. Tied for the most since 1990 for the league. I know there's more teams now than there has been. But uh, three in the top ten is the most since 2013 and, like, the worst draft ever outside of Giannis. Uh, and then four in the first round, tied for the most since uh, 2018. So uh, I think it's a great, it was a great year for the league until the NCAA tournament happened. But you know, Keegan goes four, Jaden goes five. I love the fit for Jaden Ivy. Um, I think we'll bring up the Pistons here at some point, but I love that fit. Johnny Davis, the Wizards. I think it's a high floor guy. I don't know if he's going to be a star, but. 
kudos to him for for taking off like he did. And uh, yeah. Malachi, surprise guy, goes t- you know twenty. I mean, if you would have said before the year, he would definitely would have been a surprise first round pick. And then the Big Ten owned the second round, at least the start of it, getting five guys in the first you know forty three picks. And I, I think it was really you know showed that Max Christie, Musa Diabate. And, um, you know, Caleb Houston made the right decision. I I thought they probably could have came back and been top 20 picks, but they're going to be guaranteed contract guys in the NBA. So I thought those guys were, you know, kind of showed that they made the right decisions. Absolutely. I mean, it was a great night for the league. And uh, look, Malachi Branham is one of those guys that I actually, I I do my own mock every year. I I was, I'm so high on Malachi Branham. I had him over Johnny Davis. Um, you know, I, I think just, the ceiling's I just like, higher, maybe. The ceiling's higher. I, th- I think he's. I think he's better in ball screens. I think he's a better shooter. Yeah. Um, I think some of what made Johnny a good player in college is going to get a little bit neutralized because he's. You know, he he bullied some guys last last year, and and I'm just not sure that that's going to happen. But I do. Is I, his ceiling? I, is his ceiling, Mike? I was thinking about this the other day because he's such a good mid range guy, good defender. Is his ceiling like Rip Hamilton? Like is that is that what he could aspire to be? Yeah, it just remains to be seen. I think that the problem for Johnny right now is, you know, he his ball handling isn't great, and the fact that it's not great leads to him taking some difficult shots, and and that's part of what happened with yeah. Wisconsin last year. So you know that's that's why he gets to that mid range so often. But you know, I, it's going to be an interesting pairing with Bradley Beal. We'll see if Bradley Beal just says, "Hey, give me my two hundred fifty million and trade me." But uh, look, that that team. I know they have, uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma. They have a couple other guys on that team, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. It'll be just interesting to see how he meshes in with that. But I think I think the Big Ten overall, just such a weird year last year because it's just never the, it's never the conference that you say, oh, wow, look at this star power. Look at yeah. three out of these five first-team All-Americans. It's just you, we, we don't see that often with this conference. It's maybe one guy, maybe two guys that are first and second team, but – for, for it not only to play out that way in college, and but to also have it play out in the draft and have two top five picks, that's a feather in the cap for the league because you just want the Big Ten to just become a little bit more trendy, yep. right? You start getting draft picks. Guys start going there and going to those schools. And, um, you know, it, it starts to become how people view the ACC and, and view the Big 12 in terms of, in terms of pro prospects. Yeah, um, so I know some of the guys might have gone lower. Kofi doesn't go, but uh, I think it's a great, great time for the league. It's just that's why it's so disappointing. The last two years, they haven't gone as far in the NCAA tournament because they've had really good talent. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Mike, got another winner or we want to go a loser? 
I'll, I'll go. I'll go another winner. You mentioned the Pistons. Um, Troy Weaver should be put in jail for what he did to the Knicks. Uh, I understand that the Knicks accumulated some assets, uh, but look, Ivy falling to you was best case scenario. Uh, you know, and then being able to deal for for Jalen Duran too. Uh, you get two impact guys. You have the most cap space in the NBA to go and make a move. I know they've targeted DeAndre and they've targeted Miles Bridges as two guys that they maybe want to bring in the Duran pick makes me question whether they're going after Aiden. They still might. Cause I think you still need depth, but um, look, you, you flip three conditional first to the Knicks. And this is why I say with the Knicks, if you're trying to get returns immediately, I'm not sure you're going to get that. This, this pick is a top 18 protected next year. And the reality of it is if the Pistons are a seven seed, yeah. They still get that pick next year because because it's not it's it's still top eighteen protected. The next year it goes to a top thirteen protected. There's a good chance that the Knicks don't see that pick for another three drafts because it's going to convey to the Pistons for two years. But there's a great chance that they definitely won't see it next next yeah. year. You know, we'll see what the Pistons do. But like, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're helping yourself really in the short term. But we'll we'll get into the Knicks in, in a second. Yeah. But I, I really like what the, you know, what the Pistons do, have done. And I love Sadiq Bay. I think he's a guy that doesn't really get talked about enough in, in NBA circles and mm-hmm. what he can add to that team with, with Ivy and Cunningham. And, um, and if you add an Aiden, add a miles bridges, that team's going to be fun. Just like the thunder. Like, I think that team's going to be young and, and fun. Kind of like the, the Grizzlies in a sense where you, where you look at those teams, but uh, they were certainly one of my winners and should be in playoff contention this year. Yeah. Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivy, Duran, um, and I, I think, you know, Miles Bridges makes a lot of sense there. Um, yeah, Aiton, I, do they go now that they got Duran? Like, Duran's really young. So you could still get Aiton and have Duran behind him as well. But, uh, man, Bridges makes a lot of sense there. So, yeah, as a Bulls fan, don't love it. Divisions shouldn't matter all that much, but it's a team that's probably now Even nipping better. on your heels. Um, all right, another winner, Wings. Wings. <laughs> if you are a wing, it is a good time. If you are long and versatile and somewhat skilled, it is a good time to go in the NBA. If you are below six foot four, not so much. Uh, the NBA wants wings because there's one true point guard, and I think that's Ty Ty that was drafted in the first round this year. Maybe Blake Wesley. Can Branham be like, you know yeah. what I mean? If we're talking Ty Ty Washington as a one true point guard, that's where you're right. Yeah, right. That's that's that's, that's a that's. <laughs> Telltale sign there. Three centers, but none in the top 12, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so these are all two through fours. Like that, that's what the NBA is going to. You saw it, um, you know, obviously with the Boston Celtics and their run, but even even the Warriors, right? I mean, Steph is different, but I mean, they were full of wings, barely played bigs, and, and Steph was basically the point guard. Jordan Poole is basically the point guard. Um, so yeah, it was just it's a good time to be wings. So that's and you're seeing it with Illinois basketball, right? Like you got to have a couple of point guards, but uh, just loading up on wings. Yeah, you just give yourself more flexibility with what you can do and the the lineups you can put in. And look, I you mentioned the Warriors too, the guys that they cycled in. Otto Porter's not a you know he's a two through four. Uh, even Nemanja Bjelica isn't a true five, and and he he's more of a wing as well. And uh, there, Gary Payton the second was. I guess you could call him a wing. He's not, he didn't play point guard for them, uh, but he's a, a good defender. He's versatile. He switches. Uh, there's a lot of value in that. I think you've seen that play out in these playoffs over the past years. And I think that's, that's what these teams look at is 
who can we bring in? Because it, it makes you think less about fit, right? Oh, okay, well, this guy is the three and this guy is the two. It's like, well, you know, we can play four of these guys at the same time if we have someone that we can depend on to handle the ball. So, yeah, you're, you're right. I'm glad that we're doing this, right? I'm going teams. You're going kind of trends. And I don't know. I, I, I appreciate you totally buying into the winners, losers. I just went straight teams. Yeah, no, it's good. I think it's, I think it's a good balance here. Yeah, no, the other, the other one I wanted to get out really quick, I think Jabari Smith. I, I think he's a winner because he doesn't have the pressure of being the number one pick um, or really the number one option in Houston. I, I think that's Jalen Green, right? So I think those two match together. So I know he's disappointed, uh, but he's making still good money. He's in a good situation with a rebuilding team. Um, so I, I get it's disappointing, but I, I think ultimately he's going to be a winner in Houston. Yeah, and, and honestly, you could make an argument that if Houston wanted Paolo Bancaro badly, you know, if you're Orlando and you were okay with all three picks, then why not get some assets out of yeah. flipping one to three? But, you know, I, I think Paolo Bancaro is the best player in the draft. I, you know, projecting out, maybe it's Chet, maybe it's Jabari, but in terms of NBA ready, it's Paolo. And you mentioned Jabari, you know, I think he's going to be a guy also Kendrick Perkins. It, Kevin Durant uh, was the, was the comp there. Jabari's already got like 30 pounds on him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, look, I, it's going to be interesting because I think with Kevin Porter Jr. With Jalen Green, they're going to handle a lot of the ball handling. It was the same type of thing with, what I mentioned with Jabari potentially going to Orlando is you got Fultz, Suggs, and Cole Anthony. So a guy that in Jabari Smith, who's not as potent handling the ball, you don't want to thrust him into that yeah. in his rookie season. You shield him a little bit. You, you let him let him develop and, and, and start doing what he does to start, which is catch and shoot. It's working in the mid range. He, you know, he was 61% around the rim this year mm-hmm. um, or high fifties around the rim this year. Uh, so, you know, getting him easy looks, he's got guys that can, uh, you know, guys that can, uh, facilitate. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Cause I, I don't know, you know, if Kevin Porter or Jalen green, if one of the two goes down, I think you're, you're talking about ball handling duty for Jabari Smith. I'm not sure I love that. Yeah. Um, but I do think that those guards are going to command enough attention for him to just kind of play in space and, and be able to do what he does. All right, Mike, give me another winner. All right. My, my last winner is the Spurs. Uh, we're not used to the Spurs having a ton of draft capital or, or, or just having a, lot, a ton of draft picks in general, but it's a competent front office. It's a front office that you sit there and say, okay, well, you know, RC Buford and Greg Popovich and everyone that has a hand in it, you, they know what they're doing. Right. And I had, I had in my personal mock, I had Malachi Branham going nine to the Spurs. I couldn't believe he fell as far as he fell and no surprise. They scoop him up, but you get Blake Wesley, you get, you get Malachi Branham, you know, and you get Jeremy Sohan. And, and I think those three pieces, you can look at the Spurs and maybe you're like, oh, we need a big, you need a lot. DeJounte Murray just carried that team last yeah. year. Almost averaged a triple-double and um, their guards and wings, they're light. Devin Vassell was, you know, didn't have a bad year last year. He's 12 a game, but it starts getting lighter and lighter the more you go into that rotation. But Blake Wesley and Malachi Branham and Jeremy Stone, like those are feasibly guys you could have on the court at the same time, depending on what your other two look like. So I, I really like what they did, um, you know, and I think they're they're a team that they're doing it the right way. They have the second most cap space out of every team, so they can they can make a move too. And 
they got a lot of really good young talent, so I like what yeah. the Spurs did. And they've been really good drafting guards in the 20s. Like, I know maybe Murray's the only star there, but, but Keldon Johnson's a really good player. Derek White, obviously, you just saw what he did uh, with Boston. So they've done a, a really good job of, of drafting guards in the 20s. Uh, I got two more for winners, Mike. Uh, Canada. Uh, <laughs> two of the top seven picks with Benedict Matherin and uh, Shaden yeah. Sharp. And then Drew Nemhard and Caleb Houston atop the second round. So we know Canada, I mean, Wiggins, you just saw in the NBA Finals. Canada continues to, to produce more and more talent. Uh, and just internationally, I mean, France had four picks. Australia had two picks. Italy. Uh, so we know the MVPs, MVP candidates are top three. We're all, right, international guys this past year. Uh, so it, it just continues. And Canada has definitely been one of them. The last one was, was Jalen Brunson, man. Get paid. Get paid. Uh, Illinois runner up for him. I didn't know. Like, I thought he was going to be an NBA player. I thought he'd play the role, but he had such a huge NBA playoffs in a big season. And seems like uh, it's all set up to, to join Dad Rick uh, with the New York Knicks and, and be the number one guy in New York with Julius Randle. Like, I don't know about that, but hey, take advantage of Jalen Brunson. I always liked yeah. him whenever I covered him in his recruitment. No, he's he's all, I know Jalen since yeah. you know since I was in high school. He ended he ended my high school career <laughs> when he was a freshman at Stevenson. Um, he's different, man. Different. Yeah, one that was one to forget. That was, that was a game to forget for for me for sure. But look, he's he's a guy that I think you can you can fit in a lot of places. I think him showing that he can play alongside a guy like Luca uh, and still be efficient, still do what he does, uh, and then in Luca's absence showing that he could, you know, put up 22 and five in the, in the playoffs is big. And I think that's, that's part of what, uh, you know, maybe added a couple million to the, you know, to, to his contract uh, that he's about to sign. Now, as much as I love Jalen, can he be, yeah. Can he be a number one guy for you? Probably not. I think you'd probably use that cap space that you have and you sign him for, for 25 million, but I still think you go after one of these other guys and you're going to have to flip some, you're going to have to probably flip the Fournier contract. Uh, you're probably, you, you probably don't want to part ways with RJ Barrett, but I, look, Kyrie Irving's floating around. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's going to be floating around. So I just do a I lot think of mediocrity are, on that Knicks roster, man. Just do uh, I think the Knicks are done. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we, if you want to get into losers, I'll get into, I'll get into the Knicks. <laughs> Let's go. They, I, I, had they the, were, I had two familiar they teams. Were one of my losers. I had yeah, two yeah, familiar I, teams. I think they've done, they've done such a, Here's the thing. Here's the thing with the Knicks. You know, when you're a front office, being self-aware matters, right? The Knicks haven't won anything. I mean, they've won one playoff series in the last 22 years, Jeremy, and and yet still think every offseason they're like, we're the destination, right? Like Katie's coming here. Yeah, <laughs> Katie's coming here. Kyrie's coming here. We may we may get Zion. You know, like it's just. Every year they, they tend to do this. And I, I spent about a half hour figuring out what the hell was going on with their, with their trades last night. And they, they got rid of, you know, got rid of Usman Jang. And I just uh, thought of this, Mike, like they have not been to the Eastern conference finals in most of these NBA players lifetimes. I, I mean, what 2000 was it 1999? I mean, 1999 they, made, they made the, the finals, finals in that, that year. I guess, I guess the lifetimes, but in their like basketball NBA conscious, most of them, no. No way. Like the Knicks in their mind, just the Knicks, that's not what the Knicks are. And, and they were an anything, eight seed that year, right? <laughs> yeah, if, if anything, they, in their mind, the Knicks are dysfunction because they have been for the last 
however many years. Look, I think the 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 crazy thing to me last night was you want to make a push for Ivy. The Pistons don't want to give you Ivy. So you turn around and become the third team to facilitate a trade for Jalen Duran to go to the Pistons. Like it's just I get for a salary dump to take Kemba so we can try and get take Jaylen Kemba, Brunson. but you know, and it's, it's 9 million. That's going to be off the books. I know that you're just kind of chewing into it. Could you have extended that? Maybe spread that out over the next five years? Um, maybe, but look, I just think, <laughs> I just think they're in a position where, like I said, it's, it's a top 18 protected. It's top 13 protected in 24. I'm not sure those picks are going to convey in the next two years. So, you know, they're, I don't want to say they're in win now mode, but, they kind of need to do something. You had a little bit of, of momentum last year in the playoffs. Last year, I guess, 2020, 2021. And you get bounced in five games to the Hawks. And, and it's just, I don't know. You need to figure out something. Uh, because the however they view themselves, it's just not what it is. And they keep punting in, in certain areas of the draft every single year. And I just think you need to try to find a balance. We talked about this on the last podcast, right? Who can, who can find the balance between building through the draft, picking up some free agents. You have to figure out a way to do that. And the Knicks just, the Knicks, I think in their mind, just think, well, you know, we're going to have the guys are going to want to come here. Yeah. They got to set this up. They got to land somebody big. Right. And and like when you compare them to like the bulls who are have less assets now, like when it comes to first rounders, like the Knicks got first rounders now, now when they convey, uh, is in how valuable they're going to be, but they did get some assets. I'll give them that. But right. are you going to be competitive enough to draw if Kevin Durant wants to leave, right? If Zion Williamson wants to leave, like that's what I like about what the Bulls are trying to do is they're showing, hey, we're competent, we're competitive, we just need you, right? And we have enough interesting assets that we can trade uh, that we can stay good, but also be interesting to another team. So. It- I mean, at least I at least like that the Bulls have that plan. Like I, I know they're they're not good enough to win a championship, but they're in position to pounce if if one of these guys comes available. I, I'm not sure the Knicks are still. No, and you got to have enough confidence as a front office, especially if you're you know think about AK right and think about that front office with the Bulls. You got to be willing to make a signing that in your heart you believe is good for the team that the general public is going to be like, what the hell are you doing, mm-hmm. Demar Derozan. Right, three years, eighty-five million. It's like really three years, eighty-five million for Demar Derozan, and then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, no, it's fine. So like you, I, I maybe Caruso was kind of that. Way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I think like too many teams may get caught up in the perception of like ah, oh, like we can't sign this guy for this much because like what's the public perspective perception going to be? Well, if you think the guy can help you, and you know the guy can help you, then just like do it because I, what's what's it would be funny. And it would be par for the course if they somehow get Kyrie Irving. It'd be great. They, they're perfect yeah. for each other. Like it would just be, it would just be so perfect. Kyrie plays forty-eight games next year. The Knicks are maybe in the play-in. That's probably Kyrie. higher than I would. I would put for him. That's my problem with Ky- Kyrie's unbelievable. Yeah. I would rather have Kyrie than James Harden, right? Like I would. I would. It's just at least James Harden plays some games. Now he doesn't try hard in all of them and play well in all of them. But at least I know he's probably going to play. Like Kyrie Irving, I don't know. Like, you got to be available. Uh, all right, one of my losers, the G League Ignite and Overtime Elite. Uh, Dyson Daniels and Marshawn uh, Bocamp both go first round. 
Uh, but Jaden Hardy was the number four recruit in, in the, the last recruiting class, went 37th overall. So he'll still get paid, but not obviously where he wanted to go. Michael Foster, uh, Illinois fans might remember that name because he visited Illinois. Didn't work out for him. Deshaun Nix, Isaiah Todd, Josh Hall, all those guys didn't go last year. Um, that said, I know they're going to probably take off next year. Scoot Henderson's projected top five pick. Oscar Thompson and Eamon Thompson are all getting lottery buzz. So maybe it's a bounce back year. But you, you see these guys that are going into college. I don't know uh, if it's just because they're playing against good competition. They're in our mind a little bit more. These G League and overtime elite guys still can do well. But I feel like it's a little dicier uh, to, to go with one of those right now, especially with NIL, Mike. Um, I think it makes more sense to go to college right now. Yeah, and, and the G League at night is just such an interesting dynamic. You, know, you got guys that were all these highly touted guys for the most part that all come in and, you know, on this one team, and they're all kind of vying for that next year's draft. It's just a, it's a very – it's like an extended summer league. You know, summer league basketball yeah. can get kind of clunky sometimes. You're talking about a whole season with that. I mean, Jaden Hardy, you're talking about a guy that led the team in scoring at 19 a game and shot 35% from the field and 27 from three. It's just, it's, it's just, it's, that's bad. Yeah. That's bad. It's part of the reason why he dropped and he was getting so much buzz, lottery buzz, you know, about a year ago. And that's changed. So you, you, I think there's still something to be said about, and I understand there's money. There's money involved playing for the G League night, but I also think there's a much better brand opportunity in going the college route. One, just now the NIL is a thing; it for sure is. But two, I just think there's, you know, Marshawn Bochamp. Unless you watched like the G League showcase this year, you're just like, who? Yeah. You know, and I think there's just a better opportunity for these guys to go the college route. And yeah, say, I do, hey, I do want know, to mention Jalen Green worked out well for him. It did work out for Jalen Green, yes. Yeah. And, and and you'll have those. You know, Scoot Henderson's going to be another guy. You're, you're going to have those where they do work out. But for the most part, some of these guys, it's whatever you have in your mind or what you think is going to happen, it may not turn out like that. And then now you're really working uphill to try to gain some steam to get, you know, to get back to where you thought you were going to be in the draft and, and where you thought your NBA career was going to be. All right, you got a loser, Mike? Yeah, I got the Kings. I, you know, it, it's, and I like Keegan. I like Keegan. I, I like Keegan a lot. And, and I said on the last podcast, you can't mess this up. You take Jaden Ivey and, and look, I don't, I don't buy, and I'm, I'm not in those in the Kings front office, but if you're the Kings and you tell me, well, we wanted Keegan because Keegan wanted to be here or we wanted, you know, because Jaden Ivey didn't want to be here and he made that known. It's like, well, Tyrese Halliburton wanted to be there and, and you've traded him. And, and that was a big deal in the NBA because I think Tyrese, voiced his frustrations he's like hey not many people want to be in sacramento i wanted to be there you know i'm a good player i could i could help try to turn this thing around and you trade him and i think there's just a certain perception with the kings where they're just kind of floating in purgatory a little bit where it's like no no no, just wait this is the year and then they're going to be a you know a 10 seed or or 11 seed and it's just like you're right back into the middle of the lottery and what can you get? And and I, I still think that it's best player available. Yeah. I, I don't care. Like if we got to deal with Jaden Ivey and it, once he gets there, he's going to want to perform well in the NBA either way. But this idea of, Oh, we need fit when your team sucks. Like we, like your team sucks and you're over here like, well, if we just get players, like just, just get the best player available 
and figure out the rest later. Because what, because if you're, and the last point I'll make is you put in your head, okay, well, we have Davion Mitchell and we have De'Aaron Fox. So why would we want to draft Jaden Ivey? Okay. Well, when Davion Mitchell gets hurt six games into the year next year, now what? Mm-hmm. Like the, these things happen during an NBA season. So I'm always on the side of, uh, of BPA of best player available and, and just kind of stockpiling talent and figuring out the rest later. Or at least get the value of having that pick, right? Draft him right. and make Detroit trade you, right? And exactly. asset. Exactly. They, they, they had a chance. They passed up on, from what it sounds like, they passed up on numerous offers. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like a pride thing where it's like, we're, we're the kings, right? Yeah, we and, wanna... may, and maybe you don't get Murray. Maybe they love Murray. I, I don't know. Um, but if, like in, like, if he, Indiana he wanted to have, if Indiana wanted to, to leap you, and, and gave you like Duarte or first rounders, like, man, that's the, get the value of having that pick of lucking out. And I think they really went higher in the lottery, right. To get that pick. Like, man, like I like Keegan Murray is his NBA comp, the guy on his team, Harrison Barnes. Like that's a good player, really good it's player. Good yeah. Um, but man, Jaden Ivey, maybe this looks good for the Kings in a couple of years, but you and I have watched Jaden Ivey. Like there's just another level and you're the Kings. You need a star, or at least you need to get the value of having the op- opportunity to get the star. And I thought they screwed that up. So love Keegan Murray. Time. Yeah, I love Keegan Murray. I think he'll have a really long career in the NBA. Agreed. He's a great fit for what the NBA wants. I just don't know if he has superstar potential. Yeah, and I think he's. I, I do think he's going to be a good piece, right? And uh, you but know, when but you I pass up you- Bagley. Or you pass up Doncic to get say that. right, like you pass up Doncic and Trey Young. You for, don't get the benefit yeah, of the doubt. <laughs> it's hard because this isn't, you know, this isn't the first time it's happened. So, yeah. uh, Kings, Kings and Knicks for me when we're talking teams, those are the two losers of the draft. Um, look, you got a really good player, but in terms of building for the future, you could have gotten also a good player if you traded back and got some assets with it too. So, mm-hmm. I, was the gap between you know four and nine crazy? I don't think so. Um, You know, so I had a chance, didn't do it. I told them, don't mess this up. Can't mess this up. They messed it up. We got to say it, right? EJ, EJ Odell. It's a tough night. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd heard that, you know, maybe he didn't have as uh, great of workouts as maybe we envisioned. Um, But at the same time, it's a good spot to land, man. I do like the spot. Like, it's a really good fit. Contract-wise, I hate it for him. Man, he's still going to get yeah. some guaranteed money most likely. But New Orleans has done this. Pre- like, they're an interesting team if Zion just plays. If he if he's healthy enough to play, I mean, with McCollum and, and Herb Jones, what they got, and, and Brandon Ingram turning into an all-star, like, I think EJ Liddell fits in pretty well there. Jonas, Jonas Valanciunas, too, really good player. Yeah, no, they. I mean, he's a guy, and I, I mentioned Xavier Tillman before, but – you know, he's a guy that you can just kind of implement. And, 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 you know, this is the other thing that I'll mention too. When you're drafting the second round, even late first round, it's, it's a character. Those, that's the character part of the draft where, hey, you may not play as much as you think. You may spend, spend some time on the Birmingham squadron, uh, right? And so how do you deal with that? And, and, and this may be the first time in your life you're the fifth or sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth best player on your team. So we want value in the guys that we, that we pick there. And I think EJ Liddell is the type of guy, um, you know, he, he's exemplified over the years that he has great character and he is a good kid. And, and those are just guys that you bet on because, you know, you know that no matter what the situation is, whether you say, hey, you're playing two minutes tonight or you're playing 20 minutes tonight or you're not playing tonight, 
that you're probably going to get the same EJ Liddell. Now it's going to be tough. I think for a lot of these, and this is just more of a, a broader scope here, but for a lot of these players, this is the first time for them that they have it. It's first time for Io. Think about Io. Right? I, I was going to say but like Io character. and EJ remind me so much of each other and how they approach things, the, their work ethic, character, all of that. So that's why, you know, Illinois fans might not like EJ because he you know went to Ohio State instead of Illinois, but I found him so easy to root for. I, I just think he's he's exactly what you want in a Big Ten player, a Big Ten star, and now is representative of your NBA team. Yeah, and, and the the correlation between Io and EJ to me is they just have a supreme confidence in themselves that re- that rarely ever you know treads into arrogant territory. Yeah, uh, that's that's really the best way that I can put it. And and those guys that know that they have work to do that are coachable, despite being all Americans and, and, and being NBA draft picks. Those are the guys that go far. So um, wouldn't be surprised to see EJ Liddell play, you know, 10 years in the league just because of the type of kid that he is and the skill set that he has. But um, look, it's, it's, it's always an uphill battle for the, for these second round draft picks, but I think he's in a good spot. Yeah. Uh, the other losers I had point guards. We mentioned that oh, none taken in the top 20. Uh, and then the big East one draft pick. And it was a second rounder, I believe Tyrese Martin. Um, that, that, that league is a little different than, than it used to be. So any others that you're thinking of, Mike, any random draft thoughts you have? I didn't ask you about the bulls. I wanted him to take Liddell, but now it looks like pretty good decision in the, in the long term there. Um, but what'd you think of Dale and Terry out of Arizona? Yeah, I was actually on radio about two and a half hours before the draft. And I was like, you know, I had my mock draft and I actually had EJ there. I was like, I don't know. Dale and Terry may be a good pickup there. Because, I, again, it's a guy that you can put in a lot of different spots. He can handle it. Uh, he's a great defender. Uh, he rebounds really well for his, for his size. That's his size. He's, he's like 6'7". But, you know, he, he's, he has a lot of tools, and, and you, can, you can put him in a lot of different spots. So I, I like the pick. I like the pick because you're just going with a guy that, um, that's versatile. And I'm excited to see the summer league. I mean, I believe Io – is Io going to play summer league? I, I, I wonder, one, right? That. Yeah, like he's in an interesting spot because I don't think he needs it, but do they want him to work on, you know, the, his, pa- the Patrick Williams formula? Yeah, like, hey, being man, the guy twenty-five times. <laughs> yeah, but gaining that confidence as a playmaker at that level, we know he can do it at the Big Ten level, but can he do right. it uh, at the NBA level? So I think that's his next step as a player and saying, "Hey, it's your ball, go." Yeah. Uh, and I doubt Patrick Williams plays summer league this year for the third time, but. Um, yeah, that would be interesting. But, but I like I just I like the pairing of those two uh, of Io and, and Dale and Terry. And I think they I actually do think they complement each other very well. I, we know it's the way Io guarded last year. That's a hell of a defensive backcourt if you if you know they end up being on the court at the same time. But look, I you know, I, I still think the the Bulls aren't they're definitely not done this offseason. I, I think you still have some movable pieces. Uh, the Zach Levine stuff still needs to get figured out. The you know we'll see if uh, if Vooch sticks around and if they go after Gobert or, or who they go after to sure up that that spot mm-hmm. down low. I think we I think you know for the most part you like their guard talent, uh, but we'll see. I mean yeah. we'll, we'll see what moves are made. I texted uh, Trotter in our our text group last night, like right before the pick. I was like I'd be good with Liddell, who's my it would be my heart, right? But then I said. You know, Tari Eason was picked right before him, so I think it was before that pick. I would have liked Tari yeah. Eason. 
uh, Dalen Terry or Malachi Brennan. Those were the the four guys. So when they drafted Dalen Terry, maybe I wasn't as excited as if it was Liddell because I've been watching him for so long. Sure. But I was like, this makes sense. Um, yeah. He's I don't think he's a star, but he's in the mold of a Iggy Andre Iguodala, a guy that can yeah. play two ways for you. Uh, he's just long, athletic, versatile. And, and it makes sense for what they need coming off their bench. So I, I thought it, it makes a little sense. I still think there's some shooting upside that maybe isn't uh, tapped into there. So, all right, Mike, that was a fun draft. Uh, and it was fun to fun to talk about this, and we'll see if our, our takes are off. But I, I think I think we're kind of with the consensus with a lot of these. But um, it's, it's always an entertaining night for sure, and it's always good to see these these dreams come true, especially when you know you kind of watch some of these guys as recruits, you know, all the way coming up, and then cover them as players. Yeah. Uh, to see their dreams come true is always awesome. And it's always it's always interesting too. You know, the, there's how year round basketball is, especially NBA uh, basketball. I, I mean, I always I, the Warriors win the title, and it just seems like it's this conclusion, and we're heading into the off season, and it's like, oh, we got the draft next week, and then now you head to the draft, you watch the draft, and I always just get excited. I I, I am a I mean, I know this doesn't surprise you, but I love summer league. I'll watch, I'll watch every summer league game. I think it's just, it's so interesting to see who emerges and what, what second round pick or undrafted guy carves out a role or a two way or a training camp invite and parlays that into maybe an opening night roster. Like that's, that's the stuff that I think is, is really, really cool. And then they, how they schedule it, they'll match up some of the top picks against each other. I just, I love it, man. Yeah, and my thing is, like, I know Kendrick's background, right? Like, I, they, he's got some bad stuff there. But, like, to see him emerge from that uh, and, and to, to have success in the summer league, like, after going to Oakland and really focusing and Greg Campy really vouching for him, then to see him earn that spot or to see Malcolm last year, right? Or Io struggled. He had, a ba- he had a bad summer league for the most part, but then he learns from it and gets better from it. Uh, it's cool. So, It'll be it'll be interesting to see Kofi go through this and some of the other Big Ten guys that that got picked up, whether it's Trevion Williams or or some of these other guys. So and then and then just seeing the teams together, right? It's Kofi and Johnny Juzang and <laughs> Daryl Morcel is going to be a, a Jazz in the summer league, and it's just fun. It's fun seeing these guys play together that maybe competed against each other or you kind of would have never thought they'd be on the same team. So that's, that's the other aspect of it too, but I'm excited, man. Awesome. Michael Tulip, you're the goods, man. Always love talking hoops with you. Uh, we'll catch up with you down the line whenever uh, anything else happens. All right. Sounds good, man. Take care. Great stuff as always from Michael Tulip. He's the goods. Love having him on. And we'll talk more with him as the off season goes along. And as we get prepared for what should be a fun, interesting Illinois basketball season. All right. When we come back, let's have a little fun before the weekend gets started. Joey Wagner, Trevor Valise, and I, Get together for our Rapid Fire Friday. That's coming up next. All right, it's Friday, so it's the Rapid Fire Friday. Coming at you a little later because we wanted to see uh, what was going to happen with the NBA draft. But Trevor Valise, Joey Wagner, let's go, guys. Happy Friday. Trevor, hit the music. Let's start. All right, we'll start out with the topic of the day so far. Do you like the fit for Kofi with the Utah Jazz? Joey, I think this is interesting because Utah is like one of the only NBA teams that kind of uses these traditional low post centers. Of course, Gobert is kind of a a unicorn in the NBA. He's in these trade rumors like Kofi's not going to replace Rudy Gobert. Uh, But they had Hassan Whiteside on the team last year, Udoka Azubuke. And and Azubuke is kind of the guy that Kofi gets compared to the most. He's actually younger than Kofi, even though he's been in the NBA uh, for a little bit. But 
I think Azubuke is kind of the Kofi model. And if, if they value guys that are kind of these traditional low post guys, maybe you can find a two-way deal and kind of add his depth there. So I find it interesting. I, he just hasn't landed the two-way deal. So I don't know how long he'll be with Utah, if he'll earn a spot with Utah, but they have valued post presences like this. So I think that's maybe why Kofi is deciding to go there. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think when we look at like the best fit, it's the best fit to get a two-way deal to start, right? This isn't the best fit to be a starter or an immediate backup. It's the best fit to find your way onto a roster. And they've shown the way that they build their roster that they're not turning their nose up at a traditional big man. And I thought Brad Underwood nailed it last week when he said, look, Kofi's not for everybody in the NBA. I mean, it, Maybe some people were taken aback to hear that. You probably shouldn't have been. That's just the reality of it. There is a role for him, but it's not a role on every team in, in the NBA. So if Utah is one of those teams that values that, that's fine. Jeremy, we need to say the whole he should have come back. He, he would have been better off coming back to Illinois. Come on now. Like that makes sense financially if you want to argue the NIL aspect. The age 23 season of Kofi Coburn at Illinois was not going to ch drastically change how he was viewed by NBA teams. He wasn't going to come back and turn into Mark Williams. That's just not who Kofi Coburn is. So I get it. it financially, you could have made an argument. Basketball-wise, this was, this was the, the decision that made the most sense. Yeah, I thought it was a risky financial decision, right? Um, because he, he could have decided to come back to Illinois, made a million, maybe a little bit more than that. I don't know. But, like, he could have made more money, I, I think, this year guaranteed coming back. But he just decided that wasn't the most important thing for him, that, that he just wanted to start his pro career and that coming back to college was not what he wanted to do. Uh, I think Illinois has, has moved on beautifully, uh, and they're hoping Kofi does really well here. But – um, he decided that that wasn't the most important thing. He wanted to be a pro and he's going to make good money if he wants to, if he wants to go overseas or he gets a two-way deal. Um, so he, he wanted to bet on himself and, and kudos to him for that. But yeah, there was some financial riskiness here, but, but Kofi should have a, a long professional career. We just don't know where that will be. Illinois football added Calvin Smith to the class of 2023 this week. What do you make of this latest commitment? I think it was a good get by Illinois. You're seeing them add uh, the outside linebacker position guys has really just, it went from, we can make it work with Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay. And they had good seasons. They were important to the defense, but you're seeing them put their thumbprint on it. And Calvin Smith is very much that. I don't know, Jeremy, that I came into June thinking maybe they'll take two edge rushers, but they did. That means they like the two edge rushers that they took. And if you want to go bigger picture, it's another position you can put a bow on and move to 24. And that's a big deal as we sit here nearing the end of June. Yeah, if I look at this class so far, Joey, I think he's a top five get uh, in this class. I, I think Caden Fagan and Jamarian Harkless are kind of the headliners. I really like TJ McMillan. Rico Jackson's offer list probably puts him in that top five as an offensive lineman. Uh, but Calvin Smith had a really long power five offer list. Uh, some impressive schools came down to Illinois, Pitt, and Rutgers. And, and those are teams you'd like to be able to beat. And Illinois was. Uh, but the thing when I turn on his film is I love his first step. Uh, he's got great acceleration off the line of scrimmage which is hard to teach. It's what Seth Coleman has. It's what Isaiah Gay has. Uh, and then you compare that, you pair that with, you know, a frame at 6'4", 6'3", 235 pounds. He's going to have to add strength, 
Um, he's he's going to need probably some time to do that. Uh, but I really like his burst, and he, he's got an array of moves already. And he comes from a good program down at Ocoee, where his teammate Zachary Tobe just took an official visit, a three-star defensive back. Uh, so I, I think this is a good fit, and I think he and Jared Beatty uh, give you good speed edge rushers uh, to have in this system after Seth Coleman or, or behind Seth Coleman over the next couple of years. And then you have guys like Gabe Akis and maybe Mason Bergen plays this role a little bit and Pat Farrell, who are kind of more the defensive end, strong side defensive end uh, spot. So I agree with you, Joey. I think Kevin Kane has done an unbelievable job in the outside linebackers room, including Alec Bryant, the Virginia Tech transfer, former four-star prospect. I think running back, outside linebacker, offensive line, recruiting is going really well for Illinois. And you're winning power five battles, Jeremy. Yeah. Like that is, that's the constant we're seeing for the most part. I mean, it's now the closer to the rule and the exception in this class. And that's, that's a good sign of the process moving forward. What's your reaction to Illinois drawing Syracuse for the big 10 ACC challenge? I thought solid. Trevor, uh, you know, Duke or North Carolina would have been the big ones. I, I can't blame ESPN for North Carolina, Indiana at Assembly Hall. That's going to be uh, unbelievable. I think Indiana, when when they're going well, is uh, the best atmosphere uh, in, in the Big Ten. So that's going to be a lot of fun. The two favorites in each of those leagues, two teams that w- whether you think Indiana has a top 10 team or not, probably going to be in the top 10 of preseason polls or top 15. Uh, Duke, Ohio State. Okay. I mean, Illinois Duke played a couple years ago. I, I think that's meh. Uh, Virginia, Michigan makes sense. But I think the whole point here is the ACC depth stinks. I, I, it just stinks right now. And, you know, Illinois, Syracuse, Syracuse hasn't been a top five ACC team since the first year they joined the ACC about eight years ago. Uh, Michigan State got Notre Dame. Like Michigan State's still a huge draw nationally. Iowa got Georgia Tech. Wisconsin got Wake after winning the Big Ten title. So I thought Illinois, Florida State made a ton of sense. And I don't get why Florida State, Purdue is happening for a fourth time in five years. I would have loved that matchup, length, athleticism. But I do think Syracuse, Joey, is a a good test for Illinois because it's something really different that you're probably not going to see in the Big Ten with their zone, their length. But I also think around this time in the schedule, it might be nice for Illinois to get a win against a high major team because we don't know how it's going to go in Las Vegas. We expect some some choppiness early on. And Syracuse loses three of its top four scores. The program has not been as good uh here recently under Jim Beheim as, as his career is waning here. So I think it's a it's an interesting matchup. Two programs with some similarities over their history. Obviously the orange factor here, but I think it's solid. Um, but I think in the grand scheme of thing, I think it's a, it's a good matchup for Illinois to get prepared for what could be a, a second round NCAA tournament matchup. Yeah. It's not sexy. I mean, it's not, Hey, North Carolina is coming to Champaign or Hey, Duke's coming. To, it's not that and, or Florida state. I think that's a really good, uh, ideal matchup, Jeremy, but it is what it is. Look, we talked about this before that. Hey, we're all going to open up preseason rankings and see this, the same line for Illinois, right? Lost X number of scores, lost starters, this, that, and the other. This is kind of the first, like, quote unquote, domino to fall. When you understand how people are perceiving Illinois, right or wrong, people can argue that that's fine. But how the perception of Illinois is nationally with a new roster, with the expectation to rely on freshmen, it just is what it is. But I don't, I wouldn't think Brad Underwood is like furious about this, right? I, I think he would have enjoyed having that marquee home, 
you know, blow the roof off the place matchup that Carolina or Duke would have been. But to your point, I think he might be part of him might be excited to see something different in Syracuse and be able to throw these these young guys. I mean, hey, Sky Clark, enjoy the Syracuse zone, buddy. Like enjoy figuring it out, and and Jaden Epps enjoy figuring it out. And I, part of him probably is giddy in that because he's kind of a a basketball mind in that way. And you know what the the zone can present uh, a lot of opportunities for guys who are supposed to be skilled front court players. Dane Danger, this could be his game, right? Where, where that pinch post, uh, he can operate well, kind of be a distributor there. Ty Rogers in that, you know, Matthew Meyer uh, could certainly do that. And Coleman Hawkins, like I think Illinois has a roster that can that can really dice it up, but it's going to take, um, you know, a team that's ready for it, prepared for it. And, and, you know, that zone can really throw you off kilter. Uh, can a younger Illinois team with a bunch of new pieces handle? I, I think it's a, I think it's a good test and it's, it's still Syracuse, man. They're still made some NCAA tournament runs here in recent years, even if they're not uh, the national power they once were. Trevor clip the Dane danger comment and save that for good or bad come November 29th. The Dane Danger breakout game against Syracuse in the pinch post. Oh, Book boy. it. Save it, Trevor. Save it all. I'm archiving it. Don't worry. Give me a non-Illinois Big Ten football hot take for this upcoming season. I, man, I, I, I know I had thought about this earlier, and I have to say it out loud, and I don't know that I'm ready to do that. I think Nebraska is going to finish ahead of Purdue in the standings. Uh, they've added a lot to their roster. Everyone's going to talk about all the close games that Nebraska lost and shouldn't have lost. Like it was truly mind boggling that Nebraska lost some of those games last year. I don't know how many times Jeremy is going to be able to, to screenshot the deflated Scott Frost on the sidelines uh, picture, but Purdue loses. I mean, George Carl Aftis is a big loss. Rondell Moore is a big loss. Like I, Aiden O'Connell, he's probably the best quarterback in the West right now. It, I, I would say uh, one of the top two. So you, you do return him, but I don't know. Nebraska's got that weird. They really need to do this, and maybe they do it. And I, I don't know that it'll work, but I, I think they're going to finish ahead of Purdue. Uh, they lost Rondell two years ago, Joey. They lost David Bell this year. I just, I just want to throw that out there before somebody comments on it. Um, my hot take: Nebraska won't be good. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm zigging while you're zagging. Um, listen, they'll improve, but that's because they were three and nine and lost so many close games. So maybe they make a bowl game for the first time, and Scott Frost saves his job as Nebraska has lowered and lowered and lowered its expectations over the last decade. I'm not diminishing the additions they've made via the transfer portal. Like Marcus Washington's a great talent. Casey Thompson and Chuba Purdy are, are interesting talents at quarterback, but they've had a talented quarterback. Like Adrian Martinez is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the big 10, the last three, four years. And they didn't get much out of him. Their problem has been defense and they just lost two of their best defenders, Can Taylor Britt and JoJo Doman, and they took steps forward last year. And I know they have some really talented transfers coming in, but then their other problem is coaching. Like, that hasn't changed. I know they've changed some assistants, but they still got the same guy at the top, uh, and they still have had a talent problem. Like, the NFL draft has not been kind to Nebraska. So I know they have some of these names, some of these transfers. They had to to try and save his job. Maybe they make a bowl game, but – they're over under seven and a half. 
I I don't get that. I, I don't I don't get that. So I, I'm going with Nebraska is going to be under that because every year it's oh Nebraska will turn around. They have this talent, this talent. I think they get hyped up when I don't think their talent level is all that different than than schools like Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota. Meant to say Scott Frost job. What's that? What is the, the benchmark that saves his job this year? I think it's a bowl game, but I think it should be more than that. I think the expectations should be higher at Nebraska. I think you got I think it's more of a feeling, Joe. Like if you're six and six, but went, you know, three and six in the Big Ten, is is that a guy you want to bring back? I, I don't think so. Um, I, I think Nebraska should have higher expectations, but I think it's turning into a hard job. Um, I don't think it should be as hard as it is, but I think they have struggled adjusting to the big 10 and what has worked in, especially in their division. I don't know how long divisions will be a thing. They got to get better up front. Their, their line play is not good enough. Their defense is not good enough. To Jeremy's point, the fact that it is a legitimate hot take to say Nebraska will finish ahead of Purdue should make every Nebraska fan cringe. Okay. What's your favorite basketball Jersey number choice from this week's reveal? Joe, I'm going to let you go first. Cause I think I know where you're going. Fine. 55 for Sky Clark. Easy slam dunk. That's awesome. That, that's a fun jersey number because we see him in I just feel like 55 on its own would be cool. But we've seen Sky Clark. Like, could he bring the baggy look back and wear 55? Because that's like the perfect deal here. That, that would be awesome. Yeah, you know, basketball numbers, like, I don't know if like people identify as much with some of those because you can see their faces, right? Like football jersey numbers, you have to know, especially you, me, Joey, like we got to get to know these guys by their numbers because we can't see their faces. But I feel like 55 is a number that is like identifiable, like, and, and that people love to wear. Like, I don't know if Andre, Andre Cabello was never owning 11 right at Illinois. That was never going to be um, the case or five, he had five, right? Um, he was never going to own five with Darren Williams and all that. Um, I do think Sky Clark can own 55. I also love zero for Terrence Shannon. I love the single digits. So I love um, even Sincere Harris going one, which is a, a number that has been good for Illinois here in recent years. And I also love that, that Jaden Epps went with the number of the guy who recruited him in Chester Frazier, uh, who wore three along with Brandon Paul. Uh, but I'll go Terrence Shannon zero uh, to compliment your, your Sky Clark, because I, I love a guard going with the zero and it's, we've only had zeros for the last decade, but Illinois had a lot of zeros uh, on the roster. Sam Maniscalco, Brandon Podjimski, uh, Sam McLaurin, and Alan Griffin, all or zero. So either guys who have transferred in or transferred out, Terrence Shannon transferred in, take zero. Where's the love for 42? 42 is a fun one for Dane Danger as well. I like a big man with a big number. Yeah, I don't mind that. Maybe you'll see that breakout game, Jeremy against Syracuse. The Jeremy Warner special. Sell like hotcakes after Syracuse. After he has 10 points and nine assists, Joey. Zero is great. Double zero, terrible. I don't know why anyone goes with double zero. Joey did a great feature on Caleb Griffin traveling to dozens of other sporting events. What is a non-Illinois sporting event you would love to either attend or cover that you've never had the chance to? I'm going to take covering out of this because uh, I, I just, I want to go to a game and enjoy it. Like there's some things I'd love to do. I'd love to go to an SEC football game on a bye week some year, like whether that's the Grove, uh, I'd love to go see my team in the world series and, and pay for it and all of that. Um, I'd probably go the masters though. I'm not a huge golf fan, but everyone who goes there says you have to do it. 
at some point. So I went with the Masters over like the Olympics or Premier League game, something like that. Uh, but I'll go with the Masters just to just to be a part of that. Plus cheap food, right? It's not a bad thing. Is cheap food there? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like oh, dour pimento sandwiches or something like that. Yeah, everything is cheap food-wise there uh, to make up for everything else you're paying for. All right, load up the car, the Illini Choir road trip this summer. We, we do have to take out, like, any of our teams in a championship is obviously going to be number one. Like, that, that's a slam dunk. Uh, any of the four majors, I think, would be awesome. The Masters would probably be at the top of the list. I, I'm with you. Take out coverage. Like, I don't want to work when I do this, which leads me to the Kentucky Derby. Give me enough mint juleps. Let me have a good time there. I'll, I'll give me a, a dress up in a nice suit. You don't have to walk a lot, like maybe not as much as the a golf mat, like uh, major. I don't you don't wanna... have to walk much. Yeah, I don't. Th- that would be like the hard sell for me on a golf major. That's a. It's like this kind of a lot of walking, unless you just camp out by a tee or like in the grandstand. I guess if, if you were at green. if you were at the Masters, would you be one of those guys yelling, "Get in the hole"? Oh, no, no, because you, you can't drink and yell at the same time. So I don't know that I would be able to balance the, the time. You know your strengths, Joey. So the Kentucky Derby and followed up by one of the four majors with the Masters at the top. If they let me dress down, I do the Kentucky Derby, but the, the 10 out of 10 suit game, I don't know how I feel about that at a sporting event. Yeah, and you got to wear it. You got to find a cool hat. I don't know if I can rock those hats. Oh, you'll be all right. You can grab it wet, walk a golf course that whole freaking way, and get a hat. Yeah, it's outside. It's in it's in Georgia in the April. It's a beautiful. It's all the walking. Brad Underwood didn't turn you on to walking, huh? No, I had blisters for a month. I hated it. Joey is like Kevin when they have the remote parking lot uh, down the street, and he has to walk to work. All right, and finally, time for a food question to wrap us up. It's National Ice Cream Day this weekend. What is your favorite ice cream brand and or flavor? Is today the day we find out Joey hates ice cream? No. Look at me. No. There's no way the answer is yes. Chocolate chip cookie dough all the way. Just it's the best because you get those nice little, nice little treats of cookie dough in there. It just makes your day. It just really makes your entire entire day I, I look forward to your avocado or something healthy jeremy <laughs> healthy ice cream that makes a lot it's of sense really some the closest thing to healthy ice cream should, should we do a quick draft trevor can we do a like a, a three-round draft uh to see yeah. where we go yeah, um, we can. so joey you took a good one uh chocolate chip uh cookie dough would be high on my board mint chocolate chip uh is my number one you get the creamy with the chocolate. Yeah, that's that's working for me. So mint chocolate chip is my number one. Trev, who are you taking? I would have gone cookie dough. I'll pivot to cookies and cream because I like Oreos. So I'll take that. But I would have otherwise taken cookie dough if I had started in round one. Trev, we'll give you the we'll give you the snake pick here, Trev. Um I'm more of a like a vanilla flavor profile guy than a chocolate flavor profile guy. So I'm going to go like birthday cake Ooh. or, or che- can I do cheesecake slash birthday cake or are those two entirely different flavors? I, I'll allow it. 
I, right. I don't know enough about the difference. Just, just some flavors. kind of like cakey vanilla one. Okay. Uh, I will go with pecan, butter pecan ice cream. I've become a fan of that in my older age. I don't know if that means I'm an old, but butter pecan, like pecan pie, I've become a fan of. And you just put that in ice cream flavor. Uh, I will go there. Joey, what you got? The pecan, the, the pecan is not why you turned into an old. There's a, a list of other reasons. It's not the ice cream. Uh, what are the other I, reasons? I, I will... Oh, what do we? That's another rapid fire. That'll be next week. Snake, snake draft for why Warner's an old next week on Rapid Fire Friday. Like vanilla bean, like there, there's a very distinct difference between vanilla and vanilla bean. So vanilla beans answer. All right, you got another pick. Uh, the cookies and cream is a good one, Trevor. That that really threw my whole board out of whack. Um, Rocky Road. I, I like Rocky Road. All right, I'm like between two of the just no most famous. Right. Um, so my son would kill me if I just didn't take old school vanilla. I, I think vanilla is really good and you can put whatever you want on it. If you want to add a little bit of flavor, uh, I like chocolate, but I, I do think vanilla ice cream, you put that on cake, you put it on a brownie, anything. It's got a lot of versatility. So uh, not my number one pick, but an elite role player, uh, vanilla ice cream. It's not my go-to, but I feel like I can't end the draft without picking some kind of chocolate ice cream. That seems heinous. I guess I'll just pick chocolate ice cream. <laughs> uh, did no one went with Neapolitan? Uh, did anybody no. else just leave the the strawberry side of the Neapolitan carton empty? Like you just didn't yeah. touch it? Neapolitan's fine. Should have been taken. That's one yeah. that probably should have gone. Uh, what salted what caramel is one I considered. That's not bad. Like the Ben and Jerry's ones that have like a little like core of caramel in it or something. Those are pretty good. I am kind of glad we didn't go too far in the Ben and Jerry's well. And I like Ben and Jerry's, but that, there's a lot going on there. And, and I, I feel like there's too much, too many options. It's good. Just not Moose, for a draft. Moose tracks is kind of a, a big one we didn't take. If you ever had watermelon ice cream, that sounds awful. I love watermelon. I like ice cream. Those two things together do not sound good. I remember growing up, there used to be a banana ice cream and it was awesome. And then yeah. all of a sudden it went away. I don't know what happened to it. Okay, just put a banana on my ice cream. cream. No, no, we need Briars. Briars, if you're listening, bring back banana ice cream. I don't know about that one, but uh, can't diss it until I try it. So I, I might try that. I hope you enjoyed that. That's always on our YouTube page. Uh, we do the Rapid Fire Friday every week along with our daily dishes. So check out our YouTube page as we keep you up to date with everything Illinois basketball and just have some fun on there with the latest Illinois basketball, football news, Illini stuff. Uh, of course, put our interviews with players and coaches up there as well. And then we just have a little fun uh, with the Rapid Fire Friday. So we're going to continue to grow that page and we appreciate all your support there. So go there, subscribe to us and have your video content as well. We always appreciate listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast.